like you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Elder Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, it's about that time when college players start making business decisions. And I got to tip my hat. My man Nick Boza made a business decision. This is an inside joke. A lot of you folks may not know why I'm so excited about that. But uh, I was once told by someone that uh, they were running a business. And uh, they had to make decisions based upon um, what was best for the business. And so um, I'm just so happy that Nick has made a business decision and decided to hang up his cliques for the, I hope, I hope for the season. I, I hope that's what it is. It's not for the bowl game. It is indeed for the season. I'm happy to have my man with me, Willie Gibson, because uh, Willie can bring it straight from Columbus. And, and bring it to us, and uh, of course we can talk about that. So, will it? I, I just want to get right into it, man. Um, Mick has made some decisions that's best for him and his family and his career long term, and and it, the Buckeyes may be the sacrificial lamb, but it's, it's happened many times. I remember here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, the linebacker for Notre Dame, I think. Um, Taylor Smith. Yeah, he. Project the first rounder, I believe he was going to be, you know, uh, maybe even a lottery pick. Right. Cost him a lot of money, maybe even his career. Uh, but certainly, uh, let's get right into it, man. Nick decides to make that kind of decision. What do you think about that? Uh, kudos to him. As you said, it's a business decision that he made uh, along with his family. Uh, press release came out earlier today and, and discussed how much of a uh, – uh, emotional decision this was for Nick and I don't believe that I think that was just more so uh, fodder uh, placed out to uh, make it appear as though this was a, a tough emotional decision but truth be told I think this decision was made uh, the night of September 15th when he initially was injured I think that night uh, Nick made the decision that he no longer would play for the Scarlet and Gray well, I'm not going to say that I disagree with you about when he made that decision, but I can tell you from an emotional perspective, uh, I, I think it was challenging for him. It was tough, you know, because, you know, this is something you give your life for, man. You play this game your entire life, and, and, and to go to a school like Ohio State University, uh, when you're there, you want to give it everything that you have, and, and you want the results to be such that your team is one of the teams that people will remember for all time. So I think knowing this is his last year, I never forget having, having a conversation with the reporters after my senior year. I, I, you know, they asked me about the season and from what I could remember, you know, you know, how did I feel about it? You know, it was it was disappointing. You know, you set your goals when you come into Ohio State, you know, particularly you're a senior. I was a co-captain. So I'm thinking, OK, hey. I'm a senior. It's my last year. I'm looking at national championship, certainly a Big Ten championship. You know, back then it was a trip to the Rose Bowl because we didn't have any playoffs and, and that didn't happen. So for Nick to come in, this is his last year as a Buckeye. You know, he want to go out in style, man. You know, he doesn't want to go out with an injury. But but looking at it from a business perspective and long term, he does not want to jeopardize his ability to play football and, to and, you know, and to make sure he gets the maximum amount of his earning potential based upon his, his he he having a healthy body and and that's a decision that a lot of times athletes weren't in positions to make those decisions for themselves you know we did we didn't feel that we had the right to do that it was it was never given to us you know now because of so many other issues around the sport 
related to the health and welfare of the athlete, the athlete has a voice and he can make decisions. And I mean, think about it in, in the history of Division One college football. I don't ever recall something like this happening. Well, it's been it's occurring uh, more frequently here in the in the most in the recent years around bowl time, around bowl games, where you know, certain comment today that bowl games are glorified exhibition games, and players have uh, decided. Actually, you mentioned Jalen Smith after his injury, ironically enough, against uh, Joey Bosa in Ohio State out there in the Fiesta Bowl a few years back. Uh, players began to decide to forego the bowl game and and in the anticipation and preparation for the combine and getting ready for the draft. So uh, it is refreshing to see that players are now beginning to take their own welfare, uh, their own uh, prosperity uh, for that matter into their own hands and make the decision to uh, preserve their bodies collegially to prepare for the next level. But just a little bit more on, on Nick and the decision to, to sit out, uh, the remainder of the season. It is official. He is sitting out. Not only is he sitting out, he's withdrawn from school. So he's no longer a student at the Ohio State University either. Um, but just to give it a little more insight, his dad, um, you know, shout out uh, to uh, Obi Stillwell of uh, the Buckeye Fever here in Columbus that uh, brought this out. His dad uh, had uh, several knee injuries in uh, the NFL. He was a first round pick of the Miami Dolphins in the early 80s, blew his left knee out, then blew his right knee out. Um, Nick himself missed his senior year of high school. Uh, he tore his ACL at the beginning of his senior year of high school, missed his senior year of high school. So this isn't uh, a rash decision being made by Nick and his family. You know, it's it's a situation where he wants to maximize his earning potential. He has the opportunity to do so. He's already number one on the Mel Kuyper big board for the 2019 NFL draft. So what benefit does he have to come back personally? And, and really there's no, there's no reason for him to come back. You know, I think it's a, a great decision for him to uh, prepare to heal his body and, and get ready for the next level. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to agree with you. There, there is no incentive. There, there's no incentive for him at all to come back and, and to play the season. I think that his situation is a little different than, as you mentioned, Jalen, because, again, Jalen was the bowl season. And, and basically, once you get into the bowl season, the regular season, have, you, you've already played it. You know, here, here Nick is in about the middle of the season, so to speak. So uh, the season isn't even halfway over yet. And, and he's made this decision. So the bowl game, that decision, I think that's a little different than what this decision that Nick is making because Nick's decision could affect the, fa the fact that they even participate in the bowl, you know, because they need him to help them through the season to, to make it to the playoffs and, and to become a bowl representative for the Big Ten. But certainly, I agree with the fact that this isn't the first rodeo for this family. This is, the, this is a, a, a second generation, you know, actually let's, let's call it a third generation because he's a different generation than his brother. So it's been his dad, it's been his brother, and now him. So they understand, they've, they've seen the rodeo before, they know the rules, the regulations, they know what to do, they know how to play the game, and they're, they're giving a great example of, of how to play the game. Now there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, who are not going to be in favor of Nick doing what's best for him. 
But anybody else who works in any other industry, they do what's best for them. They don't, you know, want to know what the fanfare has to say about the decisions that they make. So uh, I, I'm just happy, and and I'm 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 glad that the injury that he had, uh, or that he has, uh, he's he's going to have enough time to recover. Because again, if the injury was 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 such a severe one that he didn't have any time to recover, uh, then there might be some serious trouble about his ability. Uh, and what, what what his future might look like in the NFL because, you know, his draft position would, you know, probably drop. It cost him some money. Um, you know, what's interesting, though, unless teams trade up, the majority of times when you're when you're a lottery pick, you're not going to a good team because those teams, the reason why they're up so high, they're picking so high to draft is because they've either traded with somebody or they didn't do very well. So the fact of the matter is, you know, I, you know, if, if he went later in, in, if he goes later in the draft, chances are he could be with a, a better team. So the draft status could, in effect, it could be impacted, but it could be impacted to his benefit. Whereas he's he's around now for the later parts of the round where the better teams are picking. But um, certainly, when you're a lottery pick, when you're up there, you know, we don't really have a lottery picks in the NFL. But when you're, you know, in the top five picks, top three picks, top pick, they're looking for it. This is not a process. This is you you gotta contribute to the production of the success of the team right away. So, you know, we're looking for Nick to be in wherever whoever picks him up. Won't be the Browns this time. I, I can assure you that. <laughs> it will not be the Browns, but whoever gets him is going to expect him to play next year. So I think that's one reason why he wants to make sure that his body is is ready to go, that he can play. He'll be playing football this time next year. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, again, there's no benefit for him personally to come back. There's five regular season games left. There's the Big Ten championship game that makes it six. Then potentially you have two playoff games. So you look at eight games and, and you go back to just to kind of give a little more insight as to, to the injury and, and the, the aftermath of the injury. He got hurt September 15th. Now, you and I both very few, if any, uh, better sports medicine programs in the nation than the Ohio State University. Ohio State is one of the premier uh, sports medicine programs in the world, for that matter. He had his surgery in Philadelphia, Okay. So that's strike number one. If you connect the dots, if you will, dot number one, that he didn't have his surgery in Columbus. He had his surgery in Philadelphia. So then his urban comes in and gives an update and says, well, you know, he'll, you know, in a few weeks he'll be fine. His father, John Bosa, comes out and says he won't be reevaluated again until November. So at that point, if he's not being reevaluated again until November, that's dot number two to let you know for the Ohio State University because if he's being reevaluated in November, the regular season ends in November against the team up north on Thanksgiving weekend. So that kind of lets you know a little bit right there without him coming out and saying. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a break and then we're going to see if we can get get things taken care of on the other side of break you listen to rail the sports on the voice america network i'm in finney's living like a marriage we'll be right back your 
internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. Sports Channel. Have you got something to say about your favorite team? Or want to make a comment on recent news? Like us on Facebook and make your voice heard. The discussion is always continuing. Search for Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. Comments, Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man with me, Willie Gibson. And, uh, you know, well, we, we've been talking a, a lot about Nick Bosa and uh, the fact that he has made a decision that uh, he's not going to return to uh, be a part of the Ohio State Buckeyes. As a matter of fact, uh, you brought us up to date, the fact that he's even withdrawn from school. Uh, th- that part, myself personally, as a former player, and knowing that the significance of the education and what it does for you, again, football doesn't define who we are. It's just what we do. And and Nick, I'm assuming like he and his brother went to the university to be a student athlete to get their education and to uh, play ball. Now, I know nowadays the university – pretty much requires the guys to be there throughout the entire summer. So when the guys really come into their senior year, you know, it's almost like they've got uh, four years of schooling already in because they go a semester each time they're off each summer. So it's like they're taking classes in the summer. So so this young man should have been pretty close to to graduating. Uh, well, no, I take that back. No, Nick's, uh, Nick's still an underclassman. Am I correct? He is. Yeah, he's, he's still, a third year. Right, he's third right. year junior. So he could have. So, so he could have had, you know, those classes, you know, after his freshman year, after his sophomore year, could have been enough to put him close to graduation. Uh, did he say anything about that in terms of him uh, uh, considering the fact that I, you know, I might just, you know, stay in Columbus rehab and and go to school? Although we know the winters can be bad, so maybe that's something that uh, he did not. But did he mention anything about um, the education? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, uh, it was a business decision, and so what was best for his business and for him to handle his business was for him to sever his ties 
and move on from the Ohio State University. And, and one thing we want everybody to know, you know, you, this is there's no reversing this type of situation. Once he's made the decision, uh, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. So correct. So we've seen the last of the Bosa's uh, at the Ohio State University, and uh, we want to wish him. We certainly want to wish him well. Uh, but but now the team has to go on. And, and let, let me ask you something. Well, something's in the back of my mind, man. I, I, I'm thinking that, you know, we headed for a collision course that somewhere down the line, it, it might be Bama and the Buckeyes again. What do you think about that? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, SEC is, I mean, for as much as, as Alabama has run roughshod over the early uh, part of their season, they still have uh, some, some uh, heavyweights at the back end. LSU. For one, with uh, former Buckeye Joey Burrow, or, jo- or Joe Burrow, now he's as as he's known, uh, leading LSU to a top five uh, ranking. Um, Georgia, who LSU just beat by twenty this past Saturday, is, is in opposition for uh, Alabama like down the line, perhaps at the SEC championship game. Or uh, so the SEC on on the back end is not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, for Alabama, so you know it remains to be seen how how they uh, progress through the the back half of the season. Notre Dame, for that matter, is uh, is, is a team that's every week creeping closer and closer, and always in the in the conversation. But they're all to this point now haven't been proclaimed as as a a playoff contender. Watch for Notre Dame to. If they continue, if they go twelve and zero, I think it's a foregone conclusion. They have to get into the final four. But you know, it, it, it remains to be seen. A lot of football left to be played. You know, five regular season games left. You have the conference um, championship. championship games. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, I don't know. A lot of, I mean, we we say this every year, but you know, it's always the end of the season. That last weekend. I mean, Ohio State went from six to three. Last year or two years ago, in the uh, college football playoff, they're on the outside looking in, and then they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game to get in at number three. So and somebody they, somebody lost. Somebody dropped. They jumped two. Correct. Right. Yeah. Correct. So, I, I, so I'm going. I'm going to agree with you. But, but the only thing I, I'm just saying, but it looks like it. it. It really looks like there could be a chance. That, and these are two teams, and I'm sure everybody's. They're tired of talking about Alabama. They're tired of talking about Ohio State. I mean, these are two teams that uh, people love to hate. But at the same time, the consistency of the programs, you got to give them credit for that. And uh, and, and, and certainly uh, the teams have demonstrated their ability to, to focus onto the next opponent, be challenged, meet the challenge each week, and, and, and win the game. So I'm pretty excited, you know, about the fact that it's a possibility Um you know, if you if you say you got the best program, you want to play the best teams. You know, that's one thing about when you play big time football, you get the chance to perform against the best players. That's how you know your talent, you know your abilities, uh, you know if one should be expected to win a game or not. You know how well you perform. And uh, Alabama's uh, <clears throat> actually had a little scare there for a minute, but uh, uh, they got a damn good backup quarterback too. So <laughs> you know, kind of reminds me of us a few years ago. <clears throat> You know, we had some issues at our quarterback position. But uh, so let's move on a, a little bit uh, down the road there. You know, we got another person that, again, injuries is of concern for me. And that's uh, the Cleveland Browns. 
and mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield, you know. And uh, I, again, uh, Baker, you know, he is a, a mobile quarterback. You know, maybe is he holding on to the ball too long? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes, he is. You know, should he get it out faster? Yes, he should. Uh, but again, you know, his escapability got him in trouble a little bit, slid on the sidelines a little bit, uh, twisted the ankle a little bit. And um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, ankle is, is one of those things where all your weight is on your ankles. You don't want to play with that. Th- those things, they get worse before they get better. Uh, I think they should sit him. If he's, if he's experiencing any pain in that ankle, if they, if they, in order for him to play, if he's got to take a shot, he's not ready, he's not ready to play. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he should not have to uh, take a shot in order for him to play. So I uh, just want to see what you, what you think about that. I have a question for, for you. Um, it's week seven, right? Mm-hmm. So you being a former player in that locker room, any, any other players take a shot to play in week seven? Any other players say that again? Any other players taking shots to play in week seven that Uh-oh. they need to? Yeah, well, here's the thing about it. I, I myself personally, I didn't believe, I, I've never taken a shot, first of all, because I'm scared of needles. But, but second gotcha. of all, um, I don't think players should be taking needles to play football. Today, we, we know too much about the damage we're doing to our bodies. We're just put, that's just a band aid we're putting over, you know, something that needs major surgery. No, it, it's, uh, if you're injured, you're injured. If you have to take a drug to mask the pain, that means that you, you shouldn't be playing. So you just, cause you just, you know, sometimes, I mean, I was told when I was a kid, you know, when I broke my hand, you know, it's already broke. You can't break it again. Well, maybe you could break it in another place, you know? So, uh, my shoulder was dislocated. Okay. Well, you know, we'll get it. We'll do it when the season's over. No, I, I just, I don't believe in that. In today's environment, there are backup players that can do the job. You know, I, I was a little worried about Aaron Rodgers the other night, watching him on TV, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But, but again, Baker, if this is the future of the Cleveland Browns, and you got a starting quarterback that's behind him, and you're already giving the job to Baker, then if he's got a high ankle sprain, and anybody who's ever played the game will tell you that, that, that is, that's no joke. That, that could nag him for a long time. I don't think they should risk it. I just don't think I just don't think they should risk it. Not to the point where he's got to take a shot for it. No. Sure, and, and I understand, but I think a couple a couple factors here. We've already seen Tyrod, and because we've seen Tyrod, that's why Baker is here now. So I, I, I didn't, from all I've heard, you know, with the ankle, I mean, it is a strain, and they will uh, tape it up, and he should be good to go uh, for practice tomorrow and uh, Sunday uh, against Tampa, but. I don't know now, and not to quantify injuries, but an ankle sprain. I mean, I think that's something perhaps you can you can deal with more so than clearly a concussion or a, a sprained MCL, which has Rashard Higgins out this week for the second straight week. So the varying degrees and levels of injuries. Yes, I, I do agree, but with an ankle. Um, I think that's something, you know, with a tape, a, a strong tape job, I think that would allow him to um, be able to, to, to answer the bell on, on, on 
Monday. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Willie, the high ankle sprain, the fact that it's a high ankle sprain is what what's mm-hmm. the issue is. And, and you'll find out that uh, that many players uh, do not enjoy that, and uh, that does become a major issue. So it's one of those things that they, they need to be careful about it. All I'm saying is this is your franchise player. You do not need to be starting his career off feeding them needles. That's just – that's just not it. So, uh, you know, let's just hope and pray that they could get it. But, but looking at the Browns, what, what were some good things and some bad things that you saw in, in the game uh, watching them play? Um, <laughs> good things. Uh, Duke Johnson got some runs in the fourth quarter. That's about the only good thing I can, I can say about Sunday's game, to be honest with you. It, um, did they look, that, they look that bad to you? Yes. It, it's not that they look bad. They, I mean, and, and shout out to Denny Green. Um, I think whether it's the 11th um, anniversary, uh, they are who we thought they were. Mm. And um, they are, the Browns are who we thought they were. Oh, I, mean, I think you, I think you changed it on, on that one, Willie, because I know, boy, at the no, start of the season, boy, there were some no. people that were real high, and I think you were too, man. I think you like Baker. Uh, yeah. I, 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 okay, yeah. so. so I'm not changing. I do still like Baker, but I also know Baker Mayfield's a rookie quarterback. And also think that when they got the two, two, and one, when they beat Baltimore, I think some unrealistic expectation to begin to sink in. And I think that. Okay, so what does that being a rookie quarterback? I mean, there's a rookie quarterback in Kansas City that's doing a pretty damn good job. No, he's a second year quarterback. Well, let's say uh, let's say he's he starting. Last year. He's, right. Let's, let's say he's start. Right. He, let's say he, he started. started. He, he started last year. He started a couple started of games. He didn't start the entire season last yeah. year. He started. No, this, no not no. the entire season. So he's not a rookie quarterback. You can't you're compare right. Baker. You're, you're, yeah, you're exactly. So, right. yeah. So to say, I mean, I, I yeah, I saw hope. I saw. I mean, who can't see hope when you're coming off an zero sixteen season? So yeah, I, I like Baker and I like the Browns. I like the steps they're taking. I like the direction they're moving in. However, the Los Angeles Chargers was just a better team. Just a better team. And when you face a better team, you're gonna get your doors beat off, and they did. So. I mean, I think, like I said, I think public perception got a little out of whack when, you know, they, they got the 2-2-1. Two, two they beat Baltimore. They're 2-0-1 in the, in, the, in the division. That's all well and good. That's baby steps. That's progress. But by no means am I saying, you know, it was at that certain points last week, it was they potentially could be in the playoff hunt. No, no. You're starting a rookie quarterback. I mean, your, your top receiver your second leading receiver is a rookie. I mean, there's still a lot of progress to be made, and I think Sunday exposed pretty much all of it. Well, I will say this. Uh, certainly, there, you know, there was a couple games where they looked good, and certainly when they played the Steelers, I think they. I don't think it was the Steelers that looked bad. I think the Browns looked good against the Steelers. So it's, it's, they've got to find their consistency week in and week out, and they got each game, you know, is, is – the most important game of the season. And, you know, your season is at stake each game. And I think, you know, at least with the younger players, they have to be more concerned about that. I don't know if they all have, you know, accepted and embraced that mentality that, you know, in the NFL, it's not for long and it's one and done. So, you know, every even during the regular season, because games, you know, comes it comes down to a half game or, or a game and your season's over, so you don't know which one of these games early in the you know in the first quarter. It's almost sa- it's almost halftime now uh, of the season. 
is going to be the game that costs you your season. So uh, can the Browns make the playoffs? I'm not going to say it's out the picture now because, it, you know, looking at uh, everything right now, they still may be in the hunt if, if, the, if it's going to happen. Will we be disappointed if they, if they don't? Yes. Will we, really? will we be surprised if they – yeah, I'd, be, I'd always be disappointed if they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, because I want, you want your team to make the playoffs. You know, would it, would it be, would the, would it be um, you know, in terms of the season – you know, the expectation, the, the expectation was not of the Browns to make the playoffs. That was not the expectation. But once the team hits the field and they start playing and, and they show you some potential, then you start thinking, oh, boy, wow, if they can play with the Steelers and, and they can take some other games down to overtime, you know, the Raiders game, you know, if they could have won that game. I mean, the Chargers is one that, no, it was done when it, when it started. Phillip Rivers is, is playing like, you know, young Phil. Um, and uh, so we were victimized. But uh, it, I think this game is going to be an important game. I think it's important because, again, get us back on the winning track. Um, I think that's important for the team. Again, mentally, you don't want to start losing consecutive games. That's, that's not good for a team, particularly a young team, and, and a coach whose uh, job we don't know how secure his job is. So that's, uh, that's my take on that. You know, a couple guys did uh, – you know, a couple guys we were expecting to make some plays this week didn't play. You know, I don't think uh, Ward played his best game this week. And uh, and the big fella, uh, a defensive tackle, I don't think he played his best game. It, you know, you got your your best players got to play their best games all the time, too. And uh, we know Baker didn't play his best. So so we'll we'll see what happens. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? 
Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is that uh, young man out of The Ohio State University, Nick Bosa, has made a business decision for himself and his family. He will no longer be attending the university. That is The Ohio State University. He will be preparing himself, his mind, his body, and his soul because he's going to give everything he can to the National Football League. Uh, and perhaps maybe we'll hear more about him uh, I'm not even sure he's going to um, participate in the combine, Willie, now that I think about that. You know, that's just another chance for him to perhaps maybe um, injure himself. So uh, they already know what he can do. He was already, he's already projected the first guy off the board. Am I correct about that? He is. He is projected as top. Yeah. You know, uh, Mel Kuyper has even won. A couple of other people have him in the top five. So he'll, he'll definitely uh, show up to the combine, but, yeah, work out. Probably not, but no. you know he'll save that for the pro day here here back at uh at the Woody Hayes. Yeah, and I'm 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 not even sure. You know, I, I don't even know if he needs a. He doesn't really need a private pro day. He doesn't need any of that. He, he he does nothing to prove coming in. He was the number one player before he got hurt. He proved that he was worthy of that pick. So I'm just gonna say, you know, you you got enough proof. Is it the proof is in the film? Just look at the film. He don't, he don't need to do anything else except get himself. Oh ready. no, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. You, you're talking about organizations giving thirty plus million dollars guaranteed. Yeah, we saw what you, what you can do on the collegiate level, but now you're coming off this injury. They got to see something. You got to do something nah. between now and April. I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say he's got to do that because as I said, they they saw. I mean, basically that's what they do with all players is they watch what you do in college and they assume that that skill will transfer. And you'll be able to perform at that level at the next level. So, All right, so I, let me ask you I, this. I, yes. So let me ask you this. So this guy, you're you're the you're Howie Roseman, okay? You're Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. This kid got hurt in September. It's now April. You haven't seen anything but the film from over a year ago. He's coming off an injury. You're gonna take him number one to guarantee him thirty million without seeing him. You're gonna because bring, you saw you like what you saw on tape. You're gonna bring him to your. You're gonna bring him in. Your doctor's gonna examine him, and and that's what you're gonna do. You're, from your from the examination of what your doctors give back to you based upon them twisting and turning and making him jump and you know making him do a little bit of this and that. But I don't think he's necessarily gonna to have to go through you know a pro day. I I, I just don't think he has to do it. Yeah. And I, I think there's been, I mean, there's been other players who, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they didn't make it. Uh, they didn't have a pro day or, or they didn't go to the combine, you know, 
and the, the fact that he is where he is already projected to be, he's already earned that spot of that. I don't think he's done anything other than right. The injury is a concern, but a medical team is going to look at him and tell that. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. I really don't know. You know, he, I, I, I certainly don't think he's going to be at the combine. He, he may have, you know, a pro day, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, and again, that pro day might be at, uh, it might be at Ohio State or it might be, um, you know, somewhere where it's just, you know, may, maybe uh, somebody brings him in and that's it. You know, it could be something unique. This is unique. So we, we don't know. You know, everything's changing now. You, you never know. So uh, they might be able to look at him in the video games and, and say, hey, you know, in the video game, you look good, man. So <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, pick him. But but. To be honest, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. I just don't think that Nick is going to put himself in a position to jeopardize himself by going out and doing something he doesn't feel he needs to do again. He's already shown them that he can do that. So I, I, that's, that's my position. That's what I, I think that's a the position they're going to take, he and the family. But I'll tell you what, somebody who's, all, who's proven for years what they could do, two guys. You know, we're arguing over, well, not arguing, but there are people out there who are discussing the fact of who is the best. When it comes to the rings, Tom just ends the conversation. When it comes to performance, then that's something different because now you got to bring a third person in. You got to bring Drew Brees in. But uh, there are two people, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, let everybody know that they certainly are in the conversation about who are the best quarterbacks in the National Football League today. And over the years they've been and why they've been. And of, of those two performances, which one of them stood out the most to you, Willie? Oh, without question, Aaron Rodgers last night. I mean, second game in a row, uh, over 400 yards passing, uh, no interceptions. First first uh, quarterback in NFL history to do that. Um, the precision, a minute, a minute, seven seconds left. And he just drove down the field. No timeouts. And how, and how, how did the defense... The defensive coordinator of San Francisco did not allow. How did they not set up brackets on the sideline to not let those receivers get out of bounds, knowing Aaron Rodgers has no timeouts? I mean, that was just precision the way he led that team down the field, and uh, for the uh, game-winning field goal. Uh, I'm I'm going to agree with you. There's no way in the world why I'm not looking at them and thinking, okay, I haven't seen some form of a cover two here at all where somebody is, you know, basically resides in the flat, you know, and daring you to throw the ball, you know, in the flats. I, I just, I mean, when it comes to the defensive coordinator, who, you know, whoever the defensive coordinator was last night, I'm not sure that person deserves to have a job again. I certainly, you know, you know, going into the playoffs, if you think about making the playoffs, that that's, you're in trouble. I don't know if San Francisco is going to, you know, have a chance. I saw Richard Sherman a couple times last night, and we all see it because they ran it back. He made a couple decisions as a veteran that he jumped on the guy in the slot to try to make some changes. I, I'm, I'm wondering why he didn't maybe even suggest that, you know, he changed the defensive call and put him in a, in, in a, a coverage where, okay, the guys are not going to catch these outs and keep running the clock, you know, stopping the clock. Knowing that you don't have any timeouts, you can't, you know, all they had to do is stop and make them throw the ball in the middle of the field one time, and they wouldn't have had a chance to win the ball game. I just, you know, that, that's one of those things when you talk about coaching. Last night, I would say more so than the players, 
that you could really see where coaching came into because they were playing a coverage where they were giving them an opportunity to get the ball out of bounds. I, I just did, really didn't understand it. Now, on the other hand, when I saw Tom and, and the way they executed that game, first of all, the young fellow for Kansas City quarterback, we just we, we, we got to give him his credit where his credit is due to. Sure. I, sure, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a beast. There, there's, there's no, no doubt about it is that, you know, he can't play defense too. You know, he threw his first interception, I think it was, Sunday. He threw his first interception. No, no. He, uh, he, he went the first four games with no interceptions. He's thrown four in the last two games. Oh, he has? Okay, so, so I, I got my notes is wrong then. Okay, so, but he did throw one earlier in the game, but he shook it off. He, he, he shook it off, uh, you know, and, and, you know, talking about a stage, uh, it, it's not about a stage being too big for him. The young man made some great decisions with the football. I think his team certainly believed in him. They had confidence in him. I think they were down at one time, maybe two touchdowns. Uh, they never gave up. Andy believed in him. Andy stuck with the game plan. They became aggressive. They, you know, not that Andy Reid is not aggressive. Andy Reid has always been aggressive. Uh, but... You know, how can you tell your offense when you go out at the end of the game and it's under, what, six minutes, ten minutes? It's, I think it was under six minutes. It might have been like four minutes or something like that, three minutes. How do you tell them not to score fast? I mean, the first play after the kickoff, they score. You, you don't, you know, there's times if it's down near the, you know, inside the ten, you might tell them, okay, don't, don't score because take a knee because then we're going to run the ball in. We've seen that happen before, but when you're 80 yards away, 70 yards away, you know, and a receiver just makes a play, as Hill did, you know, it's just, you just got to look at it and just, you know, Tom was happy. Tom was happy. Tom said after the game, he's he glad they scored as fast as they did. It left some time on the clock for him. Right. But how, in a situation like that, how would you coach through that? As, as Andy Reid? Anybody, anybody, you got Tom Brady on the other side of the field. You you know, you, you got your quarterback, you know, you got Mahomes. You know, what are you telling him? The dink and dunk? I mean, yeah. I mean, you or said you it. Or you, or you make the play. I mean, you said it. I mean, but, I mean, that play, I mean, you, I mean, what do you do? Tell him to run out of bounds at the 30? And then, okay, so let's say he runs out of bounds at the 30 and tries to drop, run some more time off the clock, and then they don't score. Then you're being second-guessed. All over. You got to take the points. I mean, a play like that. You got to take the points. I mean, and then granted, see, uh, Kansas City's defense has been atrocious this year. Um, it has some injuries. Eric Berry, all pro safety, is out. Um, their uh, pass rusher, uh, Justin Houston, was out against uh, uh, New England. So they had some injuries. So, yeah, you want to protect your defense, but at the same time, as you always say, next man up, you got backups for a reason. That's right. It's a 53-man roster. You Somebody got to go out there and make a play. That's right. They just didn't get it done. But, no, you, you got to take that score if you're Kansas City at that point in the game. Well, as always, uh, well, not always, but I agree with you, Willie. But we're going to take a break right now. Then we're going to come back. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America, Voice America Network, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. My man Willie Gibson with me, and uh, you know we got a chance to talk a little bit about the Buckeyes, talk about the Browns, uh, talk about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I, I just want to I want to commend those two men right there because you know I played seven years in the National Football League, and let me just tell you, it is hard to get yourself ready and prepared. And give it work your hardest every day doing something like that. I recall, and I've said this on the show times before, I, I recall, a, a, and God rest his soul in heaven right now, Dave Adolph, who was a defensive coordinator uh, for the Cleveland Browns, who was the defensive line coach when I was at Ohio State University. Uh, he asked me one day, he said, Ray, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it? And I looked at him, coach, I said, no, I love it. Hell no. He said, what? I said, I, Coach, listen, I, I hate this, man. I love it on two days, on game day and on payday. But other than that, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it's just crazy. And the fact that Tom and Aaron could do it at the highest level for as long as they've been doing it, and then to, you know, to set examples uh, for, for younger quarterbacks, you know, to watch them on the other side of the ball, you know, that's, uh, that's just, you know, that's, that's something special, you know. So, uh, and again, particularly Tom, you know, you, it's, it's a situation where you got to look at Tom and look at the way he performs. And, you know, he's got he, he's got some decent receivers, but I don't think he's got, you know, with the exception of the fellow that we, you know, from Cleveland who's our guy. I, I think it'd be a long time before you were picking in a fantasy league and you picked one of Tom Brady's receivers, except for Gronk, who made a couple big time catches, you know, at you know, when it was needed. He he came through. But I mean, really? What else does he really have? Can you think of something, Willie, that that Tom, that is no doubt if you got a team of Tom Brady, somebody on Tom Brady's team you're picking? I'll spend some time. I mean, he had, he had Randy Moss the one year. Oh, man. Like, I, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I, I mean, but Randy came from someplace else. Yeah, and he caught Randy towards the end of his career. You're exactly right. Yeah, we right. ain't going to never forget that. Yeah, in fact, right. that that's one of his record book years, too, with, with Randy. Yeah, yeah, 50 touchdown passes. Yeah, and but Randy did that. You know, Randy 
you know, Randy, you know, took Randall to the next level and Tom. So yeah. Randy is unique in, in that aspect that he had two record-breaking years for quarterbacks in terms of their passing status. Uh, you know, Randy contributed to that. Well, that's why he's in Canton, got his jacket in Canton. So, but, uh, but, but looking at, but looking at, at Tom and, and what he's done, um, and we're not even going to talk about, you know, him falling off the cliff because that cliff like is way down the road right now. It don't look like it's no place close by. But, I mean, he, he does it with just, I'm going to say, average NFL players, no, no superstars. Randy is the only, you know, Gronk is going to probably, Gronk probably, if he, if he plays long enough, he probably could, is a Hall of Famer at the tight end yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, he, he's done enough. He's contributed enough. He's made an impact at that position that, uh, I mean, you, can't, you really can't stop him, man. He, he's, a, he's a big, strong dude, unique in his physique and, and his approach to the game. And he's got he got great hands. Gronk doesn't. That's one thing he doesn't do. He doesn't drop footballs. That's what I like about him. He catches he he catches the football. And uh, and Aaron and Rodgers uh, is again he he's got a good tight end and he catches the ball for him. So, um, but I, I'm just gonna say this. I think that um, you know Tom is is making it harder and harder for us to think about him not being. The goat, I mean, the real goat, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, as we talk about Montana and Fouls and Marino and, you know, and, and then even Drew Brees now and Aaron Rodgers, you know, but if it's between, you know, him and anybody right now, even though Drew Brees has the numbers, I think right now when people look at the performance of those two guys right there. That's the conversation. The conversation stops at those two, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. For For now. You know, you may feel something different. You you think that uh, somebody else is in that conversation for this this generation, the best of all time. You said Brady and Rogers, right? Right there, uh, Philip Rivers. You got I, mean, I can't bring Philip in. You know, Philip has been no. Philip has been a disappointment to me, uh, based upon you know the stature, who he is, his ability, his natural ability. It seemed like his certainly his. Um, Knowledge of the game, he just hasn't done enough. Somebody else, I want—I I don't want this show to end, but I—I got to spend some time talking about my man Eli. Now, now, uh, let me ask you a question. Yes, you just asked me about Rogers and Brady. Is somebody else? I got a question, real quick. Yes, sir. Who—who's who, the—who's the all-time passing leader in NFL history, yardage-wise? I just—Drew Brees just did it, didn't he? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I just—I just, I just I, brought, I I brought him, him up. In there. Yeah, you got to put him in there. No, here's what it is. There are some times where people, where statistics don't necessarily tell the true picture. And Tom's got the rings. Drew doesn't have the rings. Drew has a, he has one. He got one. I said rings. Right. 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 And Rogers has one. I understand that. That's why I'm saying Tom, they, they got one. Tom's got the rings. But I'm saying you putting Aaron in the conversation that's the GOAT with one, so why not Drew Brees? No, be, because here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that of those two right there, based upon what I'm seeing right now, those two right there, I, and I, I gave Drew Brees a mention. But right now, my two that I would take, those two right there would be the two. Drew Brees has got the numbers, but right now, if you had a chance to take a quarterback between Drew Brees and Tom Brady, which one are you going to take? Man. Uh oh, man! Is that is that is, is one of their yeah. last yeah, names, man? 
Say again? Is one of their last names man? I didn't say, I didn't think there was a man. I thought it was a Brady and a Breeze. <laughs> you say, yeah. you're, you're going to take man. Who, yeah, I got to think. <laughs> that's okay, man. We, 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 yeah, it's not, you're right. And I would be happy with any of those two, but we got we only got a couple more minutes. And I want to talk about Eli because traditionally what happens in sports is they say that you need to have a balanced attack. And to have a balanced attack, you got to have, you know, some people who can catch the ball, some people can throw the ball, some people can run the ball. And you got to have a good defense and special teams and all that other stuff. But right now, I don't see how they cannot point the finger at Eli because, listen, you got Odell Beckham who, listen, he's already proven to you he's one of the best receivers out there. You gave him his money. You know, you got, you got the first pick in the draft. You know, you, you took the running back. Well, you're not the first pick of the draft. Well, it should have been the first pick of the draft. But you got Saquon Barkley. There's no complaints about him. So, Eli, is it, come on, Eli, you got to step it up. No, I'll tell you who I blame. I don't blame Eli. I, I, I would I say offensive line, you know, the line nope. ain't doing anything. Nope. But Nope, not even them. I blame Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman is the general manager of the New York Giants. You, at number two, had a quarterback at your available in Sam Darnold. Eli's 37 years old, coming in the year 16. Why are you not taking a quarterback to groom to sit behind Eli at one in five? Now they're talking about sitting Eli and you have nobody to go to. And it makes it worse because the Jets took Sam Darnold, the quarterback you should have took at number four. And now he started. He started from day one for the Jets. They're three and three. Okay, right. Okay, but what I'm saying is the fact that they believe that Eli still has some juice in the tank. Obviously, he he does he does not. He's not making it happen, and so you've got a running back. We're, we're not disappointed in that running back. So you're saying that you're you're, you're going to blame the GM for not taking a quarterback. But then if he take the quarterback, then they wouldn't have the running back. So all, all, all Eli has to do is just complete some passes. They're talking about him not being able to throw the ball, you know, twenty yards, thirty yards down the field. You know, he's not even throwing the ball where the guys can catch it as they run. And get some yak yards. Eli, you know, Eli has fallen off the cliff. It's That's time, why they should have taken quarterback. It's time for them to, you know, push him, you know, just put him in the senior citizens table, you know, let him get all his accolades he, he deserves, he's earned. But um, he's done. I think they should stick a fork in him. But you're right. They don't have a backup quarterback. They don't certainly don't have their quarterback for the future. But, so they okay. can't sit him down Okay, so because let, of that right there. Well, listen, they could set him down for the simple reason that, okay, do you want to try to win now or you feel like you can't win now? Are you going to keep the man in there to, to get hurt? Is he going to end his career with an injury? Uh, because, you know, his mobility, you know, Eli does look like a deer in headlights, man. He's, you know, it's like, wow. So I, I, I just don't know because they, they've got the tools. They've got the receivers and they've got a running back. They just don't have somebody who can get the ball to either one of them. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just concerned about Eli and the way his career is going to end and the New York Giants. And I don't want that team just to come apart because Odell speaks out. And again, you know, maybe that's going to affect the locker room, but certainly uh, that that's a team that's in trouble. Listen, man, it's about that time, Will, so we're going to have to go. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. 
you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.